Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. Joining me once again this month, actually this is a bonus episode because you, the listeners, demanded it. I put out a poll on Twitter and you said, do a bonus episode for November on Justice League. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, for you. But joining me is one Mr. Coach Mo Mahoney. Mo, welcome back to the program. Thanks, brother. Mo? Yes? Have I in any way prepared you for today? <laughs> That's my life. And no, you haven't. <laughs> nice. Uh, also joining us is a familiar voice, a member of the League of Entertaining Gentlemen himself, one Mr. Stephen Waldinger. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you. Number three. Number three appearance. <laughs> I love life. <laughs> hey, it's always good to have you on. And uh, uh, obviously you have uh, another little show that we'll talk about with one Mr. Chris. Uh, and I can't remember your last name. Off the I want to say race. No, that's not right. Writer. 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 And, and I too love life. <laughs> Chris Writer, thank you for joining us. Ah, Thanks for having me. Um, and I, I, I did need somewhere to talk about this movie. Yes, you did need somewhere, right? Um, so you and Steve both do a podcast called the Episode One Podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, we've been running it for almost a year now, and uh, me and Steve get together and we try to watch the first episode of any new show either on a network cable or streaming platform, Netflix and Amazon mostly, though we're going to get into a Hulu show soon. But we uh, watched just the first episode. Then we sat down and discussed the whole sh- the whole episode with each other and then talk about whether we think the show is going to be any good, where it's going to go, how it's looking just based off of that first episode. Have you ever thought about uh, going back and doing season two, episode one of a show? You know, we, we, we did think about that, especially with Riverdale, because that's been one of our most well-received shows that we've done so far. And it was one of our early ones, too. And there's just so many new shows going on that we haven't found time to go back and do a season two, episode one yet. Ah, I can relate. I think once we hit, inevitably hit uh, like a dry spell of like no new shows, then we might go back and do that. But I don't think that dry spell exists anymore when you look <laughs> at the true. way new shows come out. There's definitely a lot of new content coming out all the time for for episode one, uh, you know, listeners to listen to. Right. Yeah, and 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 there's been a few occasions where there has been maybe a little bit of a dry spell, and we've tried to go back and look at um, shows that aren't new. Like for this summer, we did Wonder Woman, the '70s version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it kind of coincided with this movie that came out. Um, I forget what it was called, but uh, yeah. some DC movie. And Wonder and Woman, maybe. <laughs> we really tried to track down the David E. Kelly uh, Wonder <laughs> Woman pilot, but it seems to have been stripped from the internet entirely. Yeah, you might need to go like into the depths of, you know, the underbelly of a dark CD comic convention to get one of those. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be our plan. Maybe, maybe by the time Wonder Woman two comes out. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, another show we did. We did Baywatch, and I can extend this invitation to you guys in person now. We um, we want to do the Baywatch Fantasy League, where you watch Baywatch, and then like a fan in fantasy football, you get points based on what happens on the show. 
And I would uh, love to have both you guys in the the, the Baywatch Fantasy League. <laughs> I've currently never seen a Baywatch, and I'm going to keep that streak alive. So no thanks. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, so when does how often do you use your podcast post? Uh, we're trying to keep an every other week schedule right now, and we're we're keeping pretty good pace on it. So usually we end up dropping the episodes on Tuesdays when we do it. And uh, you can find it. The best way is to go to our Twitter, twitter.com slash episode one pod. Um, but you can also go to tiny.cc slash episode one, which will take you to the iTunes page. Um, we didn't think that well ahead in planning the name of the episode because when you search on iTunes for episode one, you find like episode one of Serial and not the episode one podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Serial. Hmm. And also, Always I, I could by the title every single week because I think the show is about uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, which it ends up not being about. <laughs> Causes me great mental strife, but I survive. Well, yeah, I, I think it should be about Episode One. I mean, you could talk bi-weekly on Episode One all the time about a whole bunch of different topics, right? I mean, come on now. <laughs> oh, well, we, easily. We were partially inspired by those guys doing the podcast where they... um review each minute of every star wars episode wow yeah so the the just the idea of doing a podcast came from well if people could come up with a podcast from that we could do pilots of tv shows come on (laughs) hey that works for me so um very cool well thanks again for coming on and since you guys are kind of uh on the mic as it were what have you been entertained by recently chris um so it guess it's not super recent but uh, me and my wife got deep into mind hunter and just finished that i think last week on netflix if any of you guys uh, caught that show yet is that like the beginning of a serial killer kind of thing yeah it's it's a it's based off of a book and it's about when the fbi somewhere in the 60s and 70s started taking the idea of sociopaths seriously like not not just like how to hunt them down, but the fact that they exist, you know, and treating them as different from normal criminals. And it's real interesting to see this mindset into society not accepting that basically crazy people could exist. Like crimes were a lot simpler in people's minds before they started really delving into what a sociopath was, how they became sociopaths. And so it follows – these partners who um, start interviewing sociopaths who are already in prison to try and create these profiles. And then, um, oh, her name's escaping me right now, but the lead from Fringe is in the show as well. So that's a fun little tie if you're into the world of geekdom. <laughs> Very cool. Anything else? Um, I am getting a Switch soon, so I'm sure I'll be deep into Mario Odyssey. Ah, I have Mario Odyssey, but I haven't played past the first level. Oh, okay. I've heard a lot of people have gotten uh, really addicted to it, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I know it's very – a lot of people like it right now. Um, but for me, I mean, the best game I have on Zelda is – I'm sorry. <laughs> the best game I have on Switch is Zelda. So that's one I would definitely recommend if you want to pick up the Switch. Yeah, I definitely do want to get Zelda. I just – uh haven't picked it up yet so i figure all right i'll force myself to play mario odyssey because my backlog of games is so huge that if i buy another one then it will just cause that uh 
decay and actually playing it to continue. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me too. And as as we're going on right now, this is Black Friday. You know, we're recording the day for Thanksgiving, so um, there's always sales going on right now for video games and things like that. And it's just one of those things where you look at all these games that are on the sale, and you're like, I want this, and I want this, and then you're like looking at your sale, the sales that you picked up from last year, and they're still wrapped, and you're like, huh, do I really want this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm there with the first Star Wars Battlefront. I got it last year for twenty bucks and never unwrapped it. Oh. And The Witcher Three. Oh, Witcher Three is like the best game of the generation so far. That Who that is what I've that? heard, which is why I I bought it. But I, it I heard Madden bad. was pretty good. I'm just saying. Mo, <laughs> um, oh. speaking of Mo, what have you been entertained by? Uh, let's see, Just Dance 2018 Game of the Year. What? Um, oh, that game is phenomenal. Game of the year. Nah, I get it. It's way that. better than anything else that's come out this year. Mm, no. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it more than anything else that's come out this year. We're just going to make a category <laughs> Moe's Game of the Year. There you go. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I did a lot of Black Friday shopping, got some comics, got some games, got some uh, swag. It's a good day. So, nice. I, I've played a lot. Now, did you end up going to see that the Coco movie or the Cuco? I did. It was really good. Um, that might be my favorite movie I've seen this year. Really? So what What about that movie intrigues you or makes it uh, that good for you? Wonderful stories. Very imaginative world. I thought it was going to be a ripoff of the one that came out like three, four years ago, uh, Book of Life. Um, but they went a completely different way um, with... Uh, I felt a stronger group of characters. Like it wasn't just one person you're reading for. Like you were in Book of Life. Um, and artistically, that's what I wish video games looked like. Like it was beautiful. Like the entire world, like I kept catching myself looking to the left and the right of the screen, not, not just like what was happening in front of you to see what the artists were doing. Uh, very, very impressive and very, very well done. So very cool. So with this game, or not the game, <laughs> with this movie, it was it a Pixar movie. Was it, uh, I, I think so. Um, I'm really bad at paying attention to that stuff. Uh, I There were movies that I thought were Disney movies that evidently were not Disney movies. So I just kind of go and eat the popcorn and enjoy the movie. <laughs> so I don't want to say it is a Pixar. It, it might be. Uh, I couldn't tell you who made Justice League. <laughs> so I could, but we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> Coco's definitely Pixar. Definitely Pixar. Okay. So we're, like, we're we're as a podcast we are forty five percent sure it's Pixar. <laughs> so nice. we're doing the math and carrying twos and stuff. So carry yeah. the one yeah. I before E cross the <laughs> I. Okay, Steve, what's been going on with you? Um, let's see. Entertaining wise, I'm uh, up to date on the Walking Dead trades. I just read the uh, most re- most recent one today. Um, I'm still recovering from watching all of the new uh, Twin Peaks, and um, I'm watching um, season two of, Kimi, of The Unbreakable uh, Kimmy Schmidt. I haven't done that yet. Is it good? I like it, yeah. I think uh, season one, the common um, the conception of this is, it, is that season one's better and i think i'm finding that but i'm not like it's not like a drastic drop off to me it seems like season two is perfectly fine um 
And uh, yeah, season two, season one might be a hair better. But yeah, season two is definitely a strong season, so I give it a thumbs up. Um, I've been, you guys aren't pro wrestling fans, I don't believe, I've, but I've been reading on Uproxx um, this one uh, article on the best and worst of Monday Nitro, which is this one, the writer is going back 20 years and writing recaps of a weekly uh, 20-year-old wrestling show, and it's just absolutely amazing. I've been going through and reading all of those, so I, if you're a wrestling fan, I highly recommend uh, going to Uproxx and checking out the uh, best and worst of Monday Nitro. Interesting. I have never heard of Uproxx, and I am not a wrestling fan, but I do know <laughs> that there are some people who listen to this podcast that are, so that is very good information that I would never have been able to give. Thank you. My pleasure. Anything else, good sir? Uh, I think that's more. I do want to say that um, I watched The Punisher recently, episode one, because of you know the episode one podcast that we do, and we had a very special guest on the episode one podcast that we did recently did for The Punisher, a Mister Nathan Thomas. Who's so, ah, uh, uh, I don't know. I passed him on the street one day and said, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey, you want to be on a podcast?" He's like, "Okay." Is <laughs> that how he sounded? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so um, that episode's going to come out very soon. Um, I'll definitely post on Twitter when it does. So, yeah, check out uh, Nathan on our podcast. He was fantastic, as always. <laughs> it was a joy to be on. Uh, so you guys did cause me to be entertained by something, at least. I I hadn't planned on necessarily watching The Punisher just yet. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, after The Defenders, I was just like, eh. And, you know, I had just seen Justice League and... Uh, I just saw like Thor like a you know a couple weeks before that and just like uh, Punisher's here now. I think I'm getting to that point with all the the TV shows that are out there with you know comic book properties and I, I didn't know I'd ever get to this point that I'm kind of like all right guys can we just kind of slow things down or maybe like s- stop for a little bit <laughs> with some of the stuff because I try to keep up with all the all the comic book TV shows that's like what I try to watch. And this year, it's just not been happening. Like, I'm way behind on everything. Um, The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Gotham, all those, like, shows I've usually kept up on. But this year, I've just, like, fallen off a train. And it has probably to do with the kid coming. So, yeah, we'll we'll just go with that. Uh, Not the fact that they're all terrible shows. But, um, anyway... (laughs) So Punisher is the uh, only thing I've watched and been entertained by recently as far as that goes. Um, And, of course, the topic for discussion this evening we'll be getting into with uh, Justice League. However, on the gaming side of things, I have played a couple things. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which I have completed the campaign. Uh, I've played a good amount of multiplayer, so I've I've played a lot of Justice... Not Justice League. (laughs) Star Wars Battlefront 2. There are some very, very, very annoying things about the game. Um, but you know, it still looks and sounds great and it's star Wars and it's fun to play, but there's just a lot of things that hamper that experience that I'll get into in a different time. Um, so I played a lot of that, played a lot more of the Assassin's Creed origins game. Uh, still haven't yet finished it, but I've probably logged at least like 40, 30 hours somewhere around there in that game at this point, just getting lost. That's a great game too, Assassin's Creed origins. So if you're at all, if you like the Witcher or you like ancient Egypt or you like just beautiful games, that's an interesting one that I think you should check out, especially if you have an Xbox One X because it is enhanced for Xbox One X and it looks fantastic. So, without further ado, 
Ladies and gentlemen, join us for our entertaining thoughts for this month. Justice League. All right. Now, I know you guys all were familiar with the Justice League before, you know, it was ever on the screen, right? You you probably either read the comics or you've seen the TV show um, or you've had some sort of preconceived notion of what you thought the Justice League would be. Does anybody not have that going into ah. this movie? I did not have it except for what we saw in Superman vs. Batman. Okay. So that well, that was your only like exposure into mm-hmm. into putting those Cause, characters together. Yeah, because my first comics are, have all been Marvels. And remember, that was only maybe three, four years ago when I started the whole comic thing. Um, and then I've, I've still not read a DC comic. So, Mo, I'm going to give you some homework. I'm good. I'm going to stick with Marvel. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you some homework right now. Because uh, I, this is very, very good homework. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, go to Netflix and watch Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I believe those are both out there. This will That'll give you a good understanding of what Justice League is, what it should be. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just... I don't know, Steve, what do you think about the animated Justice League portrayals? Oh, those were fantastic. Like the TV shows. But what about the, the animated movies? Did you ever watch any of those? I saw some of the very early ones, but I haven't really kept up with them. I think I watched like, oh, I watched like maybe two minutes of, this is in, it's like, oh, they kept going with those. I think I watched like two minutes of the uh, Flashpoint issue of the Flash the Flashpoint movie, but then I didn't like the Flash's voice. I was like, I'm done. You know who did his voice in that movie? Who? It was the guy that played Lex Luthor in Smallville. Oh, okay. Mike. Oh, nice. oh, he's the guy that did it in the um, original, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. He did it in the Flashpoint movie, too? Yeah. Oh, wow. He sounded... Well, he was doing Barry Allen, so I guess that's maybe why he sounded different. But yeah, he sounded... Uh, like way different. Like I didn't recognize his voice at all. At least I'm pretty sure of that. I'm probably gonna be called a liar here in a second, but <laughs> I think that's who did the. He was at least involved in some way. Um, but yeah, Flashpoint was a good one. There's a lot of good stuff out there for those of you that are new to the Justice League and this is your first exposure. Uh, obviously, in the comic form or going out to Netflix and watching some of those movies or the TV show. I grew up with the Batman animated series and then you know Superman animated series. And then when Justice League came out, I was in love because it was, you know, it was the two together plus more. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of that stuff. And then I think it was in Justice League Unlimited, there was a, like a, an unofficial ending to Batman the Animated Series in a way, like to some characters. So there's a lot of ties into those earlier shows. Um, and it just, it shows you why that they're a team and why, you know... Once you bring in Superman into a team, you don't need anybody else a lot of times. But those stories and those comics, those uh, cartoons, they showed you why they needed to be as a team. One that I really liked, too, as far as the movies go, was Justice League Doom. So 
Uh, if you're kind of curious about you know more Justice League background past this movie, what we're going to discuss, um, I definitely would recommend you check out a lot of that stuff. Justice League Doom is a fantastic uh, story about you know the Justice League as a whole after they've been all together. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to go on a side tangent a little bit to see where everybody's uh, frame of mind was. Chris, did you have a lot of uh, influence before you came in with the Justice League? Oh yeah, I mean I've I've been um, reading comics pretty regularly ever since superman's return back in 96 right or yeah 96 and i didn't pick up justice league then but when they restarted it somewhere in that era where it was like the all-star justice league and it stopped being the old kind of like max lord justice league with the kind of second tier guys and it was the core superman batman all of that i know grant morrison wrote some of it back then um, I've been reading basically every Justice League comic since then. Oh, cool. So you've probably got the most knowledge of the Justice League out of any of us if you've been reading it for that long. Yeah. So what is it now, like 20 years? Yeah, so I've <laughs> uh-huh. probably got about tw- 20 years of reading the comic book version of these guys. I, I've And I, I've seen when we're talking about the animated movies, kind of calls back to what you're saying of there's there's so much content coming out that's comic book related now mm-hmm. it's almost overwhelming those dc animated universe movies there are just so many of them mm-hmm. like i forgot about that the flashpoint one came out when you were thinking justice league i thought of a uh, new frontier mm-hmm. but that's been oh, like years that, since they did that one i think that was the only full justice league movie i saw and justice league animated movie i saw was that one that was really well done yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was kind of a different style, but it was really cool. So yeah, so I mean, my whole background is just all the different versions of the Justice League coming together. So I'm, I'm, I came into this movie open to different interpretations because I've seen different interpretations of Justice League. Gotcha. So let's dive in to the film then proper. Uh, this is a highly polarizing movie i think Uh, either people love it or people hate it you look at the reviews out there they're not great (laughs) um but you know a lot of people compare this to marvel or things like that and you know i I try not to compare it to you know dc to marvel i just compare movie to movie or just what i think it is in in the pantheon of comic book films um this is a movie definitely that unlike avengers because that's a team-up movie didn't feel earned in my opinion um when you look at just the film presence of these characters uh marvel did it you know they had a couple iron man movies they had thor they had captain america they had all the big movies before the avengers and they all teamed up and you were ready for that you you were ready for them to take on that threat and unify and then with this you get bat you get superman then you get batman versus superman and wonder woman and then this is the third movie, and it introduces Cyborg, which is an odd character to bring into your initial Justice League movie, but I think it worked okay. And Aquaman. So, Chris, since you have the most kind of background on this, what did you think of, you know, them getting to the Justice League now? So, I... I... I kind of got what they were trying to do because I, I don't know if any of you guys know kind of the background a little bit of Warner Brothers trying to make a Justice League movie, but they they tried to do Justice League as their first movie like years ago. It, it was 
called something weird. Like it, it came back up in news stories recently. It was like Justice League Metal or something. And it was while the um, Christian Bale Batman movies were still going on, they were going to just make a Justice League movie, have whatever characters were in it, have somebody else playing Batman. No intro to anybody. Just throw it out there. And what I recently read is that it was mostly the writer's strike that kept us from ever seeing it. Yeah. And so what they did this time, it it seemed like they wanted to get their franchise on a good footing and then kind of do the opposite of what Marvel did, which was Marvel built up all the characters and then unified them to the story for the Avengers. And in watching this film, you could see that they were setting up the individual movies for each of these characters and saying, you know, whether it's true or not, well, nobody cares about anybody beyond Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. So if we get everybody to see Justice League and then they're invested in Aquaman and Flash and see the intros to their storylines, they'll go and see their individual movies when they come out. I don't know if that's true, but that seemed to be the way that they were going. So I, I kind of understood going for it. But like you said, it, it helped it feel unearned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's one of those one of those things. It, you said that they, they were going to have a Justice League movie with the Nolan, you know, also going at the same time, which doesn't seem like that's a good idea, because you know, right now you have all the DC TV shows going on, right? There's all these comparisons between. Oh, the the Flash on TV is way better than the Flash on here, or vice versa, or whatever. Do you think that it would have been a smarter move for them to unify? You know, bring in the, the CW content, because then they already have established characters and backstories, and pull them into a Justice League movie with these other characters? I, I get why they didn't do that, because... There's always the feeling that like TV actors aren't movie actors and vice versa to some extent, and that might not be true, but the coordinating the filming of a movie with people and filming the TV show and then also dealing with the contracts, I could see that being enough of an issue that you want to separate them. Um, but I do think what one of my biggest issues with the movie – kind of plays to something that a lot of people have as an issue separately. And I'll just kind of say real quick, um, like you have Barry Allen in the movie and you've got Barry Allen on TV. And so you have people who are fans of Barry Allen on TV who go see the movie and it's a different character, but it's the same name. And Barry Allen's the flash for anybody who's not aware of that. But in the comics, there's been a lot of different people who have worn the mantle, the flash And I don't think anything would have hurt to have the movie Flash be the Wally West version of Flash. And it actually kind of fits the character that he played a little bit more. And then you don't have anybody who could say like, oh, why is it the same character on TV in the movie? You could just say like, oh, it's a different version of the Flash. Look, he even has a different name for his secret identity. Yeah, but then they'd be like, oh, there's a Wally West on the TV show, too. Oh, I, I, I wasn't even aware of that. But yeah. I actually kind of remember this coming up way back when um, the the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, if people ever choose to remember that. I think people try to block it out of their brains. Yeah, but they, there were actually complaints on Twitter at that time of people who said, like, what's the deal with this Green Lantern? The Green Lantern is black. And when you look into it, it's people who only were ever exposed to Green Lantern from the Justice League cartoon, mm-hmm. where it's Alan Stewart. No, John, John Stewart. John, John Stewart. 
Um, yeah, of course, John Stewart from The Daily Show as Green Lantern, <laughs> but he's also black. And so people who only ever had that exposure were confused by the movie having what should be the more well-known version of the character, but in some circles really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Green Lantern was always one of those that was doomed from the beginning anyway, so <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Mo, what did you know about the characters going in with I'm sure you've heard of Batman and Superman, like you said, but yeah. what about Cyborg um, and Aquaman? So Cyborg, I only knew from uh, it's an anime that my students watch. Um, teens, oh, Teen Titans, Teen, Teen Titans. Thank you. Teen Titans. Um, oh, Teen so Titans. I I knew about Cyborg because one of my students, um, she actually rocks a Cyborg T-shirt, and it's like the little anime cartoony guy. Um, so I knew I knew of him from there, but that was about it. Uh, all I know about Aquaman is he's the butt of most jokes. Like <laughs> when you're making comic jokes, that's the guy you make fun of. So, and the Flash. Uh, that, that, um, I I knew him from the TV show. But that's about it. Okay. And so. you did, you saw Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, I loved uh, Wonder Woman. Actually, my wife and I went to like two or three times in the theater. Um, she now has. A Wonder Woman T-shirt, some some other clothing apparel, and she made us buy the movie the day it came out, and we've watched it probably four times since we got it. Oh, nice, very cool. Yeah. So, Steve, what about you? I mean, obviously you're very familiar with all these characters, but what what's your thought of the choice of using these characters as the initial Justice League? Um, for the most part, this is a classic Justice League lineup. Um. I think the inclusion of Cyborg is um, interesting. They're trying. They when DC like did the New Fifty Two, they had Cyborg on the team. So this is almost the New Fifty Two Cyborg or Justice League team. But traditionally, Cyborg's more of a Teen Titan. So that kind of it always doesn't feel quite right with Cyborg in there because Cyborg's a Titan, not a Justice Leaguer. But whatever, they can do what they want. Um, it didn't. <laughs> bother me him being there but yeah it just it always feels a little off when it's cyborg like why not do green lantern i guess they're they're still trying to distance himself from the reynolds movie i suppose but uh or but, martian uh, manhunter or you know oh, martian Man, uh, he's popped up on tv a few times so i think maybe that's why he wasn't there because he's on supergirl mm-hmm. and he was on smallville that way back when too for like a season or something like that maybe two seasons tops hmm Oh, and side note, there um, there was a attempt at a Justice League TV show in the, what was that, 90s? A live-action Justice League TV show, which I've heard is horrible. Um, but that lineup included Martian Manhunter, uh, Green Lantern, I believe. Um, I, I believe it was Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. Uh, Chris, who else was there? Do you remember? I don't recall this one at all. Oh, Okay, oh. it definitely exists. <laughs> okay. Huh. The only thing I knew about on the TV live-action front was in Smallville, they did, like, a, a Justice episode that had Cyborg and I think a couple others, like Aquaman oh, yeah. and something else. They had else. Aquaman and, oh, Green Arrow was on the show because they were they were using Green Arrow at the time. Okay. Oh, and they, I think they had Bart Allen Flash, too. Bart Allen? I don't, I've never heard of Bart Allen. He's what is he? He's like Barry's nephew. He's from the... he's he's from the 
future. I forget how far in the future. And so I think he's like Barry Allen's grandson. And he had to go back in time to be saved. But he was he was raised in virtual reality. <laughs> so he comes in as a um, 12-year-old who's actually never really lived a real life. And he started off as Impulse. And he, he was a really fun character. He was actually one of my favorite comics back in the 90s. Interesting. All right. So let's talk about the casting of these characters. We've already, you know, had a chance to talk about Henry Cavill as Superman before. We've already talked about Batman with Ben Affleck. We've already talked about Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. But this is really the first time we're seeing uh, Ezra Miller as The Flash. And we're seeing, um, I can't remember the name of the actor who plays Cyborg. And we also see Jason Momoa as Aquaman. So, Mo, what do you think of these casting choices? Do you like these casting decisions? Or would you have been like, nah, how about this guy? Um, I love Jason Moa. I love the idea of uh, Aquaman, who's kind of a Viking. Like, I don't know if that sounds accurate, but big old tribal tats. My uh, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my kind of dude. I, I was like, dude, yeah, I'd hang out with that cat. And... Um, I really liked uh, the cyborg character because you let people know, like, yeah, he was an athlete, but he was also wicked smart. And then he gets in that accident and he has a line in the movie that just like floored me. Uh, I'll wait to share it till we get to it later. But um, I originally went in knowing that I was like, oh, man, see, I, I don't mind the Barry Allen from the TV show. Like, he's OK. I like uh, the Green Arrow show better. Um I, I like Supergirl's okay, but I'm not a huge Flash fan of the TV show. And I, I've, I think I've gone through and watched, I think I watched all the Green Arrow. I've watched all the Supergirl. I watched like three or four episodes of the the Flash. So I'm not, you know, I'm not hooked. I was like, oh, I kind of wish they used the TV people. I would have liked to have seen, you know, my dude Ollie up in there. But when I when I went in and after the movie, my wife and I laughed more at that little dude playing Flash than we did anybody else. Like, we were, like, in stitches. Like, we quoted some of those lines. I mean, I think we even made a couple today. Like, brunch? Oh, well, that just hurt my feelings. Like, we were, di- <laughs> we were dying. Like, we that that guy, comedy-wise, he made it lighthearted, but it was in a way where, like, you were laughing at his reaction to things, not at him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he was a funny guy orally not a funny guy and like oh look at the face he's making hmm. so i actually like my opinion turned around i i prefer that flash now than than i do the tv guy very interesting uh by the way the name of the actor that plays cyborg is ray fisher so just i wanted to rectify my not knowing the actor's name and make sure i showed that uh it is ray fisher anyway steve your thoughts on the casting of these characters um, I thought they all did a good job. I thought Ezra Miller did a good job acting, you know, based on what with the material he was presented. But um, I, Chris didn't already mention this. He might have mentioned to me off off screw off camera or screen, whatever the heck you call this. But um, um, with the Ezra Miller playing Barry Allen Flash, he didn't really play Barry Allen. He played like Wally West from the Justice League cartoon slash Impulse Bart Allen. So 
through no fault of Ezra Miller's, I wasn't crazy about his portrayal of Barry Allen. Okay. Because Barry Allen's a more serious character than we saw in the uh, in the film. Right. Now, what about what about Aquaman or Cyborg? Aquaman. Oh, you again. You guys don't watch wrestling, so um, you can't really uh, know where I'm coming from on here, but. Aquaman reminded me of Roman Reigns, who's currently on. He's like the the guy that WWE is like currently trying to make the fans like, and they're not really liking him because they know that they're trying to make him liked. But I feel somewhere along the way, I think either Zack Snyder got influenced by Roman Reigns, or Vince McMahon traveled back in time, or traveled forward in time and got influenced by. The, this performance of Jason Momoa as Aquaman is like, oh, I got to make a wrestling character based on this. And then he went back to his timeline and created Roman Reigns because he basically was like Roman Reigns with like the way his, you know, his like uh, his demeanor and his like delivery of his lines and stuff like that. OK. And then, uh, yeah, I like I thought Cyborg was was good. Um, he carried he had a lot of the way he dealt with dramatically with his issues. I thought was a really cool plot. I did some reading that they, they had to actually brighten up some of cyborgs uh, scenes. Cause they were like, I think they were like really dark and like a, an initial cut of the movie. So I think when Joss Whedon took over, I think they had to do some like, um, uh, what should we call it? Production company, like mandatory reshoots for, for him. So, um, but yeah, I like the finished product for cyborg. I thought he came out really well too. Okay, very nice. And Chris, your thoughts on the casting? Uh, so yeah, I I mean, like Steve said, I, I had an issue with the character of Flash in this film. Like, and and like most said, the comedy was great. Like, it, it made me laugh. The moments were really funny. It I just kept it kept pulling me out of the film because I know the characters almost too well, and it never fit. And I'm like, if they wanted comedy relief in justice league why not put plastic man in like he's an awesome character and he could have done all these jokes um i it was funny because um that sheldon from big bang theory always wears the flash shirt Mm -hmm. and i thought that they just literally took that character made him the actual flash and put him in this movie for a while like that (laughs) that's how it kind of felt but the actual acting job for all three of them was pretty good i've never been exposed to any three of these actors before in anything i even just quickly checked their imdb and i'm like nope i have not seen any of these films but ezra like what they gave him to do he really pulled it off he was like in a way the star of the film because he he pulled off that sympathetic comic relief he's the character that you as the outsider watching these superpowered beings can connect with and put yourself in even though he has superpowers that you don't have and he he pulled off being that empathetic character really well. Ray Fisher, I there was a, maybe a little bit too much of woe is me, kind of the straught emotional mm-hmm. character in it, and it's hard to say what was the script and what was him. And Jason Momoa just did what he was supposed to do in terms <laughs> of being real. I'm grumpy. I'm away from you guys. But then when 
they they pulled off what I thought was the best scene in the movie, which I'm sure we're going to get to later talking about what we like most. But the uh, scene where he's setting on the lasso, uh-huh. he pulled that off perfectly and just didn't break character while breaking character. And that can be kind of hard to do. Um, and I know you said that you guys have already talked about the other three. Uh, since I haven't been on the pod, I just want to take one quick moment to say sure. Henry Cavill's Superman for me. I've never liked because he seems like he's just Superman and he never plays the man part, just the super. But I, I don't know if uh, that's how other people feel about him. I, I just have to rant on that for like half a second. <laughs> no problem. That's always been a lot of the, you know, people mention about Superman and his portrayal. He's not human, quote unquote, in his portrayal, where that's the humanity side of Superman that people always liked with, you know, like Christopher Reeve's portrayal and things like that was he got it down really well. But I think, you know, the initial, like, Zack Snyder slash Nolan Man of Steel was always going for that super serious kind of brooding mentality like they pretty much did with Batman, you know, because yeah. that's what they wanted to recreate. But Superman is not that character. They just need to make sure they understand that. Yeah. So. And for me, I thought that uh, Ezra Miller's Flash was fine. Actually pretty funny in a couple of si- uh, couple scenes. Uh, which we'll talk about in a second here. Um, And I thought that he, uh, even though his suit made him look like a Power Ranger more than the Flash, uh, I thought that he was portrayed well enough. And I liked the way that they portrayed him when he was in the Speed Force, when he was running. It was more like he was, uh, more like he was, like, skating, like ice skating almost. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but I thought that was a cool way to portray it because I've seen it portrayed like that before uh, in the animated stuff. Uh, but in the TV show, it's obviously just, like, him running fast. But I like the way that they kind of portrayed that kind of gliding mentality in the Speed Force uh, for Ezra Miller's Flash here. And then Momoa. You know, Aquaman is is not a character that I would picture Jason Momoa being. Um, Aquaman, I think, is more of a, a pretty boy type actor or someone who is... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not ripped. <laughs> you know, kind of... Kind of just like an average Joe kind of guy, but no, you go full on Jason Momoa. I mean, he is definitely uh, a, a a bro dude, you know, kind of kind of guy. And I think that that portrayal makes him actually more interesting here than he would ever be to me in the comics. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what they would do with him on in a standalone movie. You know, the whole joke about I hear you talk to fish. You know, obviously. Everybody's like, oh, what, what's your superpower? I swim fast, talk to fist, what, whatever. You're on land, what are you going to do? <laughs> but obviously, it made sense this, in this movie how he could help out or be part of the team. Uh, and then Ray Fisher for Cyborg. I don't know. There was just, like like you mentioned, the woe is me type attitude that he was definitely portraying. And I don't feel like he necessarily needed that. Or we got never... We didn't know him beforehand. So we just see him you know the first shot is him standing in the dark with a hood up right i mean we don't know any of his background we just kind of can piece it together from the film that he was you know in some sort of accident and you know now this happened and he's a cyborg and he calls himself like a monster type character but i I just think that he's uh was well cast and well acted and went from a character that i don't care about at all to actually being interested in so he accomplished that goal, I think, as far as that goes. Overall, I think the casting choices were, were pretty decent across the board. Um, okay. 
So, the plot of this movie. <laughs> um, Mo, what is it about this movie's plot that, that you you liked? <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, so, I liked that they introduced a teen superhero in Cyborg. That was something that I thought was really like well done because everybody else is either a young adult or a brooding adult or a god. And so, you know, I thought that was pretty intelligent. Um, second, I really liked the idea of them showing a Batman on his way out tied in with a Wonder Woman being the leader. Like when when I saw the leadership angle coming through the story, I got really excited because I, I don't like Batman. I don't like Superman. But I do like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, so I'm all about her being the one who's like helping make the change, the choices, and being the leader. And so, like as we're watching this form and these relationships and arguments going into the plot of fighting a, a bad guy I've never heard of, I really found it entertaining. I found it to be a good way to do it. Like I thought it was really, really smart how they made it all happen. Um, the one thing that I really wish they could have done a little more of would have been maybe tying it into a bad guy we knew like especially if you're just an average fan i had no idea who that guy is and maybe that cutscene they did where he's uh just trying to destroy the earth maybe show that earlier i don't know would that have helped um but yeah that's that's my my two cents so the bad guy quote-unquote character here is uh zod 2.0 <laughs> essentially i mean you look at the, the plot of of man of steel um and steppenwolf is trying to do the same kind of thing terraforming the earth before destroying it or something like that like that's his goal right he wants to terraform the earth to resemble uh what's the name of the planet the dark side's from apocalypse apocalypse that's right i always get it confused because apocalypse is in x-men and then dark side is you know over here and i just i can never remember <laughs> what the name of the places are so, Chris, what do you think of of the plot here in, in Justice League? I I, I could go on. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I've we we've established I've been reading comics for about twenty one years. I know who Steppenwolf is, kind of, but I like couldn't really place him. He's like a third tier, fourth world Jack Kirby character, and there's like. That in its own is like a whole great world to explore, and I'm like, wait, wait, th- my Jack Kirby? Yeah, Jack Jack Kirby. Like he created what? all the new gods and this whole like world in DC after he left Marvel, and oh. it, it's full of that's where Darkseid comes from. But then there's all these other really interesting characters, and out of all of that huge interesting world, which Jeff Johns who has been one of like the people behind the scenes at DC for a while now was one of the key executive producers on this film. He knows that world really well. And even he still let them just choose Steppenwolf and it just doesn't totally make sense. I, I can understand them not choosing apocalypse to be the villain because then dark side, dark side, they'll be, oh, sorry. Yeah. Dark side. Um, <laughs> Because then they'll be compared too much to Marvel because Darkseid is so similar to the big bad right now in Marvel, Thanos. And, you know, Thanos wants the entire universe to be destroyed. 
and dark side wants to find the anti-life equation which is in some ways kind of the same thing so you could kind of see like they don't want to seem like they're ripping them off but then kind of why go in that direction to begin with is it just because they set it up in batman versus superman with the parademon so they felt they had to go that way <laughs> it's it's all very confusing but um i will say the plot kind of goes back to when we were discussing why cyborg was in this movie and steve mentioned that cyborg justice league as part of the new 52 in the comic books what they also did in that was they added an aspect to cyborg that hadn't been there before which is that he has like a mother box embedded in him and that's what those three boxes were called mother box i don't know that they use that term enough in the movie that some people might have just been calling them the boxes or those random gadgets Mm -hmm. um so it made sense in a way with this plot to have Cyborg be a critical part because his character is now very attuned to those boxes. But that does that mean that you did this plot because you wanted Cyborg in the movie or did you put Cyborg in the movie because you wanted that plot? Um, the other thing that was weird about the plot coming from a comic fan side is the idea of the three boxes coming together and that causing havoc. Like, I've never seen that anywhere in the comics before, so I don't know exactly why it was necessary. And then they it, it was cool that they had Steppenwolf kept, keep appearing next to them through the boom tube, because that's, like, one of the most classic things from the comics is that the mother boxes are what you use to make these portals that let you travel, and you have the boom tubes. But then they were separate from the mother box in this. So they, it was just all sorts of confusing. But they did mention Apocalypse, and I think they even said the name Darkseid once in the film, which was kind of exciting. And it's like, oh, maybe they are building something bigger. And I kept having this hope that Steppenwolf was like the intermediary villain, because you'll see that in movies sometimes where they introduce your big bad, everybody gets together, they beat him, only to find out that oh, he was just the the person making way for the real villain. And I thought maybe we would like see Darkseid after they beat Steppenwolf halfway through the film. That's what um, I would have loved to have seen, you know, when, when they... I think that would have been way too much Avengers, though. No, I don't know about that, but like, you know... No, you, I think it, it almost would have been the opposite of Avengers because Avengers has been slowly building and slowly building and slowly building to the big bad over like 18 films. Justice League could have been like in one film we're going to go from you knew almost nothing about this to they beat the bad guy and the real baddie came down and they beat him or at least send him back to where he came from. Mm -hmm. See, I think – all right. So obviously we're talking spoilers now, but I think that they should have um, done this where they they beat Steppenwolf as a team and then they – you know, Steppenwolf fails. Darkseid comes down in a boom tube and grabs him and throws him back out, and he goes to Darkseid. And then Apocalypse is like, or, sorry, I didn't get those names confused. <laughs> so Darkseid, you know, addresses the team and is like, you will all die, and I'll return shortly with my minions or whatever. And then like, oh, crap, we gotta go wake up Superman because he's sleeping, right? So then there's a whole thing going on where Darkseid's starting his attack. They're trying to figure out how to get Superman back. That would have been a much, I think, more interesting way to do it because... Darkseid's a guy that you don't necessarily beat. You just you he he leaves, you know. Whereas I think with the Avengers, there's no way <laughs> they have built Thanos to be this huge, biggest of bad guys. 
there's no way that they're going to be able to actually pay off everybody's expectations of what they've built up, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So I think it would have been cool if they would have, you know, in Justice League been like, hey, Dark Side, this is the guy. You know, this is the big bad. This is why you need the Justice League together. Because honestly, when they wake up Superman, they don't need anybody else except Superman to, to take down Steppenwolf. They really don't. It's pretty evident, right? I mean, the only reason that they do is because uh, Cyborg, quote-unquote, has to figure out a way to separate those boxes, and then Superman has to help him pull them apart. I mean, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, we'll get there. So, sorry. I jumped in. I jumped in. You just mentioned something that had to hop in there. (laughs) No, no, no problem. Just with the plot real real quick, since you kind of mentioned it, I, I also just the whole plot line involving Superman's return just felt so muddied. And I, I, I was finding myself trying to rack my brain thinking of exactly how he died in the last movie and what they did. Cause I know the way he came back in the comic books was that he wasn't really dead. He just needed to recharge. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of just came back on his own. And so in this movie, I'm thinking like, ooh, it'd be really cool if like they're not expecting it and he just comes back. And then they're all like, oh, he's in stasis. We got to dig him up and bring him back to life. And it was like, oh, that mm-hmm. that was, I don't know, it just felt disappointing to me. It was, but, it was lame because at the end of BVS, you know, they had the, uh, the, the rocks around his grave kind of rising at the end. And what's that mean now? Nothing. It was just stupid why would you put that in there if superman doesn't come back on his own yeah just drives me nuts sorry (laughs) yeah and and like i said i could go on on the plot forever so Mm -hmm. i'll I'll just hand it over to steve for now i'm sure i'll get some more words in later (laughs) steve hello have you already talked about the plot um it's uh i'll give it some credit it wasn't uh it took me a while before I started banging my head against something, because um, I was doing that right, like basically right away when I was watching Batman vs Superman. But here it took a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was maddening at times. The plot. Um, I, my two cents on Steppenwolf is uh, I didn't totally know he was a real character. I remember way back when, for like the '80s Justice League cartoon, there was a Steppenwolf action figure, and I thought. But and the, but some of those characters on that cartoon were made just for the cartoon, and I thought Steppenwolf was one of them. So yeah, they didn't need to go dark side per se for the movie, but they could have found somebody that like more people might have known, like maybe uh, Mo- Mongol or Despero or something like that. Like those are two relatively big bad bads that people should be familiar with, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the it was it was cool. Seeing the Green Lanterns in the, you know, briefly the in the, uh, exactly, yeah. But I was wondering why didn't they take one of the mother boxes to guard since they would be far and away the most qualified to guard them? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, take it and put it next to their big lantern. Exactly. I mean, who did, who who took the third? Mo- I'm I'm still confused. Who took the third mother box? So it was like Atlanteans, they, Amazonians, and what'd you say? The, the, humans took it yeah the yeah took but it. they they were just like random humans it was like yeah they, they were just like random humans and they buried them two feet deep in a forest <laughs> somewhere 
So yeah, that that, that is the proper depth for burying mother box. I'm just wanting to make sure I point that out. Like it's in the manual. So <laughs> yes, it's in the manual. Yes, two feet seven inches. <laughs> because yeah, the, the average bad guy is going to give up after two feet. They're not going to go that extra seven inches. Yeah, it, it's a proven fact. Most bad guys will only dig two feet. So here's a question. Uh, I have a question for you guys. And anybody oh, jump yes. in whenever you want to answer this. So Batman has the idea of, hey, let's do exactly what Lex Luthor did, like in the last movie, that made this huge, you know, whatever the name was, that villain, uh, Doomsday villain, and uh, let's let's put Superman in here and try to reanimate him, even though this didn't turn out well before. Uh, why would he do that? Like, I just don't understand the reason that would make him be like, hey, this didn't work before. And now, even though we've got this mother technology that we don't really even understand, but we can take the word of this guy that I just met on the street, the cyborg guy, and then, I don't know, like, what would cause him to do that? Being Batman... I think I have an answer. I mean, it, it's Batman, though. He he doesn't... Yeah, that seemed very that. un-Batman to me. I, I feel like it seemed like super Batman to me. Super well, Batman? Yeah. So so here's the thing. The Batman in Batman versus Superman was stupid. That's what it frustrated me about that movie the most. Every decision he made, every thought he had made no sense. And Batman's always supposed to be one of the smartest people on Earth. Mm-hmm. So in that, th- this did make sense for him because he is stupid. <laughs> well, he said his power is just he's rich, right? So, I mean, I guess that's all he gets is just Alfred must be the smart guy. I, just, I guess so. I disagree. Like, I okay. Oh, no, go ahead, brother. Oh, uh, um, I th- my thing really quick is just that I think they were the movie was playing up a guilt thing. Like Batman felt guilty about Superman dying, so that's that's what the movie. I think that's what the movie was going for, but it it didn't really work for me. That what they were doing. So my rebuttal again on the side of the bat. Uh, when you have Cyborg, who is actually integrated with the technology that you're trying to defeat, who actually is a living proof of it, and Batman, before Cyborg could even calculate the odds, was saying this is a good idea, that proves his intellect. He's like, no, no, no. We have Cyborg, who literally is has this tech inside of him, who is using it to help us track these things down. With him in control of this process, we can bring Superman back without the ramifications of what we saw with the bad guy from the other movie. And then Cyborg goes, well, I, yeah, I get your point, and I ran the numbers. Yeah, we can pull this off. And so that's where I, like, I saw the other side of it, was that he was actually being very intelligent, and he was just, everybody else was clouded with emotions of morality, and he was like, this is what we need to beat this guy. We need Superman. Like, Plain and simple. We have a guy who's got the technology to use the technology to help us bring back Superman. This should why why are we even having this discussion? Let's get the guy who can actually help us win this fight to save everyone. I feel like that, that, Wonder that's Woman my rebuttal. Wonder Woman could have beaten Steppenwolf one on one. I guarantee she could have beaten him. I mean, she fought Ares and beat him, right? So I I doubt it that once Steppenwolf. Do we not all? We all saw him wreak havoc on them. Yeah, he, in the, on the Amazonians, he did, but not on her. She is. She is a. Guy. She was losing that fight in the sewer too. Mm, I don't she know. wasn't winning. 
They were evenly matched, I'd say, the, the way those fight. If I was scoring, I think it might have been a, a draw. I was saying four on one, and he seemed to be doing pretty well. Uh, he was definitely, oh yeah, he was definitely doing very well against the them minus Superman. Yeah, because yeah, I I would say they did a really good job of setting up that Steppenwolf was really powerful because that like Lord of the Rings war sequence showing how much it took to beat him in the past was really like compelling. But I think he was just such a bad villain that, like you're saying, you just felt like Wonder Woman could have beat him despite having all that background of how hard he was to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where you're watching this character out there. I just don't feel like the need of they freaking out and be like, hey, we need Superman mm-hmm. to beat this person. Let's try to resurrect him from the dead and see what happens, right? I feel like as a team... Yeah, you got a rookie with the Flash. I mean, you you can probably figure out something way to train him. Um, but you got Batman, who is a strategic guy. You got uh, Wonder Woman, who is a god. And you have Arthur Curry, um, Aquaman, who is a guy. <laughs> and he's, then, a, he's got super strength and stuff like that, too. I feel like, given to, uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman could have beat Steppenwolf if they would have like concentrated their efforts more. Yeah, because we didn't get... Aquaman to come in and actually be part of the team until after that fight. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just feel like their their rush to take out and go get Superman just seemed a bit unwarranted, right? Well, they, they, they were also making the argument that the only way to bring all of them together as a team was for Superman to be there. But even that was flawed because, one, you've got just kind of the problem of this Superman not having that humanity compassion side that would make you believe that he'd be a great team leader. And you have all of that already invested in Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, the only people you're trying to make a team are Cyborg, um, Aquaman, and and, um, Flash because the other three have already worked together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And I like that line that uh, the Flash and Cyborg had, that they were the accidents. You know, everybody mm-hmm. else was kind of like, you know, the hero or whatever, and they're the accidents. I like that. Yeah. Um, and those two, honestly, as a team, I would like to see like a buddy movie with those two guys. You know? I think that'd be fun. You know, I, I heard somebody else say, I, I forget where I read this, but you know the scene where they're digging up Clark's body? Mm-hmm. They, somebody said that they would give anything to see the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern version of Justice League. That's just a two-hour movie of them talking while they dig up Clark's body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nate, you should um, go back and read some uh, Marv Wolf- Wolfman uh, New Teen Titans because that had um, somewhere along the way it has Wally West on the team and um, who is basically like. He's kind of like this movie's version of Barry Allen, and it has him and Cyborg on the same team, and that was... Uh, and are, are they digging up corpses? <laughs> they are digging up corpses, yes, every issue. All They're right. basically race hoppers. <laughs> nice. All right, so, man, I, we're already over an hour just talking about some stuff, but... What do you, <laughs> okay. What do you guys think of... I'm trying to figure out the best way to ask this question. The reception, I guess, of of Justice League, and is is it warranted that this movie is quote unquote underperforming, uh, that the critics hate it, 
Um, what are your thoughts, Chris? Um, I think the critics are right to hate it because it's such a mishmash of a movie. It's got that issue that they change directors kind of midstream. The story and the villain aren't like captivating. They're there are good things within the movie, but if you're looking at it as like a professional critic basis, it doesn't have the kind of elements that they would like. For the movie underperforming, it, it kind of feels like that's just more what's going on in movies right now. Like, it, it this is the kind of movie that's supposed to be the rare one that breaks through and makes a lot of money, but it's hard for even those movies to do that now you know the the big blockbusters are fewer and far more far between than they used to be Mm -hmm. and i mean you look at this movie right it has superman it has batman it has wonder woman in it i mean you got those three names in it and it's not even performing as well as those individual title movies did which is crazy i think people were still burned by superman versus or batman versus superman they're very leery yeah, I think in the trailers or on the on the posters, I should have put fifty um, percent less Martha in this movie. <laughs> uh, um, Mo, what say you? So as I'm sitting here, I'm listening. Like because I have no framework of Justice League, I would I will honestly tell you I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed Thor Ragnarok, like plain and simple. But it's because I have that passion for the Incredible Hulk and for all the other characters who are ruined in that movie. And so, like, as someone who, again, is a huge Hulk fan, I was very crit- critical of Thor Ragnarok because I have nothing invested in the Justice League. I really enjoyed the movie. Like, went to it twice with the wife, had a good time, made some popcorn, mm-hmm. and enjoyed the show. It was a good little beat em up with some action, some slow points, some some good one-liners. Like, I didn't have a problem with it. But because, again, like, I have nothing invested in these characters. I think I watched, like, two Batman movies my whole life, and I don't think I've ever seen the Superman movie. I have nothing. There's nothing for me to lose in this. So. And I think, you know, I went and saw this with my wife as well, and she and I both enjoyed it, uh, except for the weird CG they had to do to cover up Frank Cavill's mustache. Or Frank Cavill. Henry Cavill's mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, that just looked really bad. Like, first scene in the movie is a scene that you could definitely tell they were trying to cover up the mustache. And that is the stupidest, stupidest thing, right? I mean, how many, how many millions of dollars did you spend to try to cover up that mustache for it to look that I didn't bad? Even, I didn't even notice it. He had a mustache. <laughs> well. I'm being so, serious. Like, he, he didn't just shave it? <laughs> so here's what he, happened. He was forbidding contractually. Yep. He's filming... Uh, the next Mission Impossible movie. So Paramount was like, in your contract, you have to have a mustache. Uh, and they were doing pickup shots or reshoots on uh, Justice League. And he had the mustache during that time. And he couldn't shave it. So they had to digitally remove it, which makes his mouth just look weird. The 80% of the time he's on screen, it just looks weird. I wish they would have just given him a mustache in the movie. <laughs> They should have. When he came back from the dead in the comics, he had like the full, he had a full beard and mullet. So they should have just explain that when Kryptonians die, they just get cool facial hair. <laughs> yeah, did, didn't black suit Batman actually have facial hair because his hair was growing while he was in stasis? A, a black suit Superman? Yeah, after he came back from the dead originally, I, I want to say he did. Was that and, that was that, that would make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, and and you know that's another disappointment. I I, I saw that apparently Henry Cavill had teased on Instagram the black suit from the Return to Superman uh, comics, and that never appeared in this. Like that would have been awesome to have him in that black suit as a throwback to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, black suit Superman always did look really cool in the comics. But all right, since we're running a little long, let's let's do a roundtable of what you liked and what you didn't like of the movie as a whole. Um, like, what were the beats that hit for you? What didn't hit? Uh, so we'll start with you, Steve. Or not? Sorry, start uh, with. Yeah, sorry, we didn't catch the name. It dropped. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, you were cutting in and out, brother. <laughs> you know that, that's my bad. You know it's Skype. It does its it does its things every now and then. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's go with Steve. What I liked and didn't like. Um, I liked that I didn't uh, not like as much about this movie as I didn't like about Batman vs Superman. Um, it wasn't. Yeah. But every time I think of the movie, I just think of the the things I didn't like about it outweigh the things I liked about it. I think my biggest issue with the movie, I think, might have been when Superman, the battle they had with Superman when he came back from after they resurrected him. Because the way it played out was that Superman recognized everybody. Oh, he rec- he rec- It played out to me that he recognized Wonder Woman. And still opted to try and and fight her, and then recognized Batman, and he had some reason to try and want to kill Batman. But I mean, they ended the movie as the last movie as friends, so he shouldn't have wanted to do that. But I feel like that got botched. If they would have, they should have played up the lasso because the lasso, the way they could have fixed that scene, if if the lasso would have given Superman like some of his memories back. Um, but like it could have like caused like a flood of memories and like been distorted and stuff like that and thrown him into a rage i think that would have been the proper way to go and um i'm very curious for that scene also if uh zack snyder was like fighting and fighting for batman to say um what about martha and then um everybody you know the studio was like no no do not do martha be like no no but this time batman saying and not superman but <laughs> uh, I, dig- I digress, um, but yeah, I wasn't. I didn't like how that played out. Um, the last they should have had the lasso should have had an effect on Superman. Is if they should have they should have had that's might have been my biggest issue with the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see, let's go to Chris. Hits and misses. So, um, you know, a lot of people talk about how in this film you can kind of tell which scenes were like Joss Whedon scenes which ones were Zack Snyder for me I didn't see that so much except for one scene in particular which I hinted at earlier was when um, Aquaman is setting on Wonder Woman's lasso and doesn't realize it and starts speaking truthfully everything that's on his mind that reminded me a lot of the um, scene in the second Avengers film when they're all sitting around talking about Thor's hammer and kind of talking about it in this realistic fashion you know like how people just joshing around would would talk about it i thought that that scene in this movie really worked and it was one of the few times like the team made sense in a way um 
The only other scene in the film that I really, really liked was the post-post-credit scene, not the mid-credit scene with the Flash Superman race. It, I, I thought it was cool that they did it. It just didn't hit for me. Like it, something felt off, and maybe it's just the type of Flash that's in this movie, like we've said before. But that the post post flew instead of didn't of running. Sorry, true, true. <laughs> um, but seeing a uh, Deathstroke appear. And, you know, Lex Luthor and they're going to get the the League of Evil, you know, coming back. Like all of that was just really cool. So the, those were the two really big hits for me in the film. Um, misses, I mean, I could just say everything else, but <laughs> I think for me the real miss was the attempt to have us create a sympathy with the family that's being assaulted by the parademons. Everything about that just felt off like when they first appeared we had no context we didn't know where they were which it get, got kind of revealed later like oh it's this area in russia near abandoned power plant and people are struggling to rebuild but it wasn't like quite close enough that you went like aha that's that weird random scene of that family we just saw and then like we had the little moment with the girl with the bug spray but it also all of that led up to what I thought was one of the worst scenes in the movie, which is Superman shows up to save the day, hits Steppenwolf, and they're like, okay, this is what we need to do to save the day. And Superman stops and says, wait, I hear people. They're in trouble and going to die. Let me go save them first, and then we'll keep fighting the villain. And you're like, but Superman, if the villain succeeds, everyone on Earth will die. Is it really that important to rush off the save this apartment building right now <laughs> when it may cost you the other 6 billion people on the planet. And it just feels to me like all of that was the fault of that family and their scenes. And that just, it, 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 it almost feels emblematic of everything wrong with the movie. It disjointed kind of thrown together and not well thought out. Hmm. I can jump in on that really quick. I think they, they're still feeling it's like, guilt from going back to Man of Steel where there was like all those civilian casualties that they, they didn't really just care about. They like were like, oh, whatever, people died. So like there was a lot of uproar about that. So now ever since DC makes it a point to say, look, we're saving people. See? See? Eh? Eh? Mm, yeah. But yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't care for that scene either. I I almost forgot how much I hated it until you mentioned it. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I could bring back those those thoughts. Oh yes, I needed that rage. <laughs> how about you, Mo? What are your hits and misses? Um, I I didn't have a miss. Um, personally, like again, zero investment in in any of the superheroes. Uh, the hits that I really enjoyed, I I loved. Uh, there's there, there's a line where um, Cyborg and uh, his dad are talking, and he basically he's like uh, at this monster, and um, the dad's like, "Oh, you're not a monster." And he goes, "It's funny you think I'm talking about me." I was dying, like I was like, "Oh my goodness, the savagery, the savagery from young Cyborg flipping it around." I was I thought that was awesome um, because he he did not want to be like he's like I didn't choose to become this robot thing. Like this is something you did because you thought you were being you know helpful, um, so I liked that. I thought that was good. I again, I love the Flash. He had me cracking up and rolling, and I like an old Batman. I would really love it if Batman could finally you know die, 
or retire and we got a new Batman, I think that would be I think that'd be killer. Um, the other big hit for me was also when uh, the the Deathstroke propped up, but for me it was because the the guy they picked is so close to the guy from the Arrow show uh, face wise. Uh, I think it's uh, Manu Bennett is from the TV show, and the guy they picked who's going to be playing Deathstroke now, like they're it, not only are they they're playing a similar character, but like face wise and build wise, those two are real similar. So it kind of helps me tie into something I actually care about for the DC side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the, the characters kind of have that, the, they look alike. Like for a minute, they're like, oh, is that the same guy? And then I kind of looked, it's like, oh, no, he's got a skinnier face, not as big of a chin as uh, Manu's got. But really cool they did that. Like it's a good nod that they picked a similar character. I but wish yeah, they would have just enjoyed. cast that same guy, honestly. I mean, oh, yeah, he, he's killer in the arrow. He did such a good job. Yeah. But, I, I I'm guessing the the division they're making they've got a reason for it. Yeah. So. So for me, my hits are first off the score in this movie. I liked it a lot. Uh, I know that um, Zack Snyder's version had a a Hans Zimmer slash Junkie XL score that was already made for it. But when Joss Whedon came in, uh, he kind of tossed it aside and brought in Danny Elfman, uh, and you can. Because of Elfman's involvement, you got like the John Williams Batman, John Williams Batman, John Williams Superman theme here and there. You got the Batman '89 theme, uh, kind of peppered in, and even some Wonder Woman uh, theme songs. And I thought it was interesting that, that in an interview, Danny Elfman said that you know when you reboot all these movies or TV shows or whatever, and you you do so in a way that you just cast aside everything, including the themes. You're cast deciding, or you're casting out, you know, a big, a big portion of a lot of people's, you know, memory of it because that theme is very iconic, even more so possibly than, you know, the movie, you know, the Batman '89 theme. Everybody can hear, kind of hum it. Everybody can kind of hum the Superman theme. They're all just so iconic, and to just get rid of those, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So that was a big hit that they brought in the. Uh, some of those motifs from the original scores on those movies uh, with those character moments. And they were, they were nice moments too. They were, they weren't excessively used, um, but they were like nice little nods at the particular moment. It was really well done by Danny Elfman there. So I thought that was good. And then another hit for me, like my favorite part of this movie, I think was when Superman came back and he was kind of fighting everybody and the flash decides to run around and then you just see Superman's eyes start to track him and his his head start to move. And you see the reaction on Flash's face, you know, what he's seeing. is like, oh, my, this guy is actually seeing me. He's able to move, too. That that was probably one of my favorite parts of this entire movie was that little scene right there. Um, the realization that Superman is as fast, maybe, you know, he's, he's a fast guy um, compared to the Flash. You never really get to see that portrayed. In, except obviously when you have the Flash or a Speedster on here, they're kind of moving at the same speed, so it's pretty cool to see as well. Um, a miss for me, I think you know they they have this big world that they're building, obviously, and they do so with characters like Commissioner Gordon. I like uh, the casting of Commissioner Gordon. I think that he'll be, do a good job, but I would have liked to have seen more of him. I in this movie, I just got. I didn't get a good vibe from him. I I feel like they didn't write him right. Um, Gordon is a, to me, you know, that, that diehard cop, beat cop that isn't, you know, he's not messing around. He's 
he understands like what's happening in the world and he, he he's fully aware of what his duty is and in in this movie it just kind of felt like yeah i guess i'll go call batman real quick here and oh they all just left me huh you know they didn't really portray him as a as a what i would like to see commissioner gordon portrayed as um obviously there's always the gag about batman just kind of disappearing when he turns around that's always a given but just the way that they portrayed it a little bit kind of irked me the wrong way um so i wish that they could have had more time with these characters like uh deathstroke like gordon um i would have loved to see maybe more luther honestly see that breakout sequence that happened um i know that that probably is on the cutting room floor because this movie had a two-hour timeline that they had to hit so they probably have a lot of things and maybe an extended cut that we'll maybe get that'd be great so but overall i did like this movie um i did it didn't fully realize its potential but i didn't walk out the same with the rage that i had when i saw x-men 3 the last stand or when i walked out of fantastic four um or even like you know thor the dark world uh there's there are worse movies and from the marvel camp than this film um but it was you know if you had this movie 10 years ago we would have been amazed it would have been fantastic i don't think we would have had all these gripes but i think we've had so many comic book movies in the past 10 years that you have so much choice and diversity and things like that that you can compare and contrast to and you've got these fanboys now that are diehard marvel or diehard you know, DC fans that are kind of starting this war, you know, it's kind of like the gaming war, PC versus Xbox One or whatever. It doesn't really, it's just a lot of noise, and really there, there's a lot of good content out there. Granted, some is technically and critically better than others, but each tell their own story in their own way, and each hit a different person on their own merit as well. Some people may not be in the mood for a, a Justice League movie, but they're sure in the mood for a Thor movie right now, or things like that. So, as a whole, I enjoyed this movie. Uh, would I say you need to go see it in the theater? Not necessarily. Um, but I saw it once in the theater with my wife. I wouldn't mind seeing it again, but it's probably not going to happen because, I mean, we got a kid coming on. But I will, I will buy it on Blu-ray and watch it again uh, after it comes out. Um, Chris, would you recommend this movie? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. I, I, I enjoyed it more than Batman versus Superman, for sure. Um, and just in that scale of things, like, you know, it's an enjoyable film. If you look at it as a popcorn film, if you don't have all the, um, weight of 20 years of DC fandom behind you, it's even easier to just enjoy it as it is. And if you're, if, if, if you don't notice things like different directorial styles clashing as the film goes on if, you, if you're not like focused on things like that if you're not looking at films like this critically you're going to enjoy it even more I think because of that Mel? Again I really enjoyed it but it, I think when you have no horses in the race and you're just eating popcorn and watching a movie it's, it's perfectly fine So, perfectly fine put it on the box Steve <laughs> <laughs> I, I would recommend this. Um, I think they it did accomplish DC, you know, wanting setting up their cinematic 
their overall cinematic universe quite well. And I, I want to see, I do want to see where it's going to go. And I feel like if it's not the not a success, they're going to, they might scrap everything and like start over yet again. So I, I do, I would recommend this because I do gen, genuinely want to see what's going to come next. So it's funny. What is the Rotten Tomatoes? Like 40%, but we got a hundred percent recommends here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's um, iffy though. I, I would tell people to um, yeah, either wait for it on video or go during you know go when it's a matinee. Or if you live in LA, we have a three dollar discount theater. So like wait a couple months and then go see it. But yeah, I'd recommend it. Very cool. Well, again, uh, Chris and Steve, thank you guys for hopping on with me. Mo, thank you as well. Uh, but Chris, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter with a handle I have to spell out because I started in the AOL days when you had a 10 character limit it's um the mask mirage just with no e's so it's m a s k d m i r a g and that's on twitter very cool and again thank you for taking some time this evening and joining us tonight yeah no problem it was fun mr waldinger where can folks find you I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at Steve Waldinger. That's S-T-E-V-E-W-A-L-D-I-N-G-E-R. I remember the days when I used to have to do my Twitter spelling. <laughs> I don't have to do that anymore. Mo, where can people find you, buddy? Also on Twitter at the Coach Hulk, and on Xbox at the Coach Hulk. Thanks to Nate. <laughs> Still calling me out. Nice. And you can find me at uh, Voiced by Nathan on Twitter. You can find this show on Twitter at Entertaining Pod. Uh, we'd love to have your guys' thoughts on Justice League. Go ahead and tweet at us um, and let us know what you thought. If you agree, if you disagree, uh, if you went and saw it on our recommendation and you want a refund, uh, that is at the Coach Hulk on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, you know, overall, a decent movie, and obviously <laughs> a great time talking with you guys tonight. So uh, thank you again for all, all you guys coming on. Um, but yeah, I think that'll about wrap us up for tonight. It's a longer one, longer than we anticipated. I can't even talk anymore. It's, you know, after midnight now here. So, <laughs> uh, But gentlemen, again, thank you for joining me. And you, dear listener, thank you for listening. We hope that you have been entertained.